Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. We are coming to you here on a Friday as we close out this work week with 10 games to choose from. Coming off of a little Hita Hia kid, right? A little 7-1 and one last night between the best and bets, the best bets and player props, which we have both up for you today. This one's best bets. We've also got player props up in a separate video for you. So subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com and use everything we have up on the site right now, including that prop finder tool to make sure that you are getting the best odds available to you from all of these books, giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and keep this thing going, close out the week strong and go ahead and get into your first NBA best bet for today. Yeah, and trying to pick a big dog for the third straight night, hoping they win outright for the third straight night. But um, we're talking about Orlando at Minnesota, plus eight for the Magic. This is the spot you'd love to take the Magic, right? When they're big dogs on the road, especially against a Western Conference team that's not particularly familiar with them. And it's partially just fading Minnesota, which is just two and five against the spread their last seven the cover against the Lucas Mavs. They got OKC when J Dub got hurt down the stretch. They're five and ten against the spread over their last fifteen at home. And you look at the wins; like they don't blow out teams unless those teams are not really at full strength. It seems, and that includes this uh, Orlando team when they blew them out because it was just Paolo, no Franz, no running mate, and we saw what happened. Orlando was was fadeable for an entire week because they didn't have Franz. And then they had the rest disadvantage. Well, in four straight since then, um, since they you know punted a back-to-back at Cleveland, three and one against the spread, plus six net rating, uh, one of the highest free throw rates in the league. They've now covered in four of their last five on the road, five of their last seven as road dogs. They're 68% covering against the West since the start of last season, just 60% against as dogs in general. And yeah, I mean, fading the Wolves down the stretch, this is like a look at, their clutch rating recently, like they might, their defense is incredible. Like, don't get me wrong, but if they get into a close game down the stretch, I don't see them running away. So they have an 85 offensive rating in their last three uh, clutch games at home. They have a negative 24 net rating overall in their last six. Uh, Some of that influenced by letting the Charlotte Hornets claw their way all the way back and cover in that one. Uh, Barely covered against the Wizards. Like the Magic... It's it's a much more quality team, obviously. I mean, you look at their net rating, all five on the road, by the way, last five, 130 offensive rating, plus 20 net. You know, you got to be surprised by their ability to keep pace with Luka and company in a high-scoring game. Uh, we've seen them cover against Denver, beat them outright in Denver. Like, I, I, I'm fine just taking this, this young feisty team because – it's not a team that the Wolves can push around, right? It's like, it's, it's almost mirror images in some way. And, and I think that they'll be able to keep it close. Q, uh, Q Teddy KGB is what I think of when we talk about, they won't be pushed around. Uh, and, and I would agree. They won't be pushed around. I, I do think that we're getting a bit of value on the total. So I'm going to go over here on two eleven and a half now because it got bet down a point. Because everybody sees, it's like it's like you watch TNT and they have this like FanDuel TV segment where it's like, hey, what are you picking, Adam Lefko or Ernie Johnson for the game? It's like they don't know; they're just taking random numbers, and that's what I see with this one. Is like anybody who's anybody like Adam Lefko, no offense, Adam, would go ahead and look at this game and go, oh, you got to take an under. I don't even know what two eleven and a half means. I just know under means fewer points, and like okay, but that doesn't apply here for the Magic in the last bit of, bit of games. I think we're getting a ton of value on this total going over because. They didn't have Franz for a while. Uh, and both of these teams are just slobanakas. We know that. We know they want to play 
bully ball. Um, but I also know that like Ant Edwards is the primary scorer for this team. They're scoring inside out, despite how much inside presence they have are the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's where you can score on Orlando. Um, Orlando's defense has diminished a smidge on the road and gone up uh, at home. It used to be earlier in the season, they were playing totals of like 240 in, in Orlando. Now it's back down to them scoring about 106 points per game over their last 15 games, seven or uh, nine of which have been, at, I'm sorry, fewer have been at home. So about five of those have been at home. They played a lot of road games lately. Um, but even on the road, that's where they're playing faster. That's where they're scoring more points. They're up to about a buck 10 over their last uh, five roadies in their last five games overall, back up to about a buck 10 and a few more points than that in their last three or so since Franz's minutes restriction was completely lifted. Um, and they're back to that full strength. Like you said, like everybody, there's nobody, it's, it's so wild to look at a, uh, an Orlando magic, um, uh, injury report and not see a, a whole roster full of people on there. Like Joe Ingles isn't even hurt, which is wild to say. And he actually has been helping their offense in the second unit a ton, which has been stagnant until he's back in that, in, in the lineup over the past three weeks or so after he was missing, that was a bad, bad backup lineup uh, for on offense. And that was a big reason. And Cole Anthony was playing starters minutes and that was who they were used to rely upon for minutes on the bench. Now you get to put him back in his normal spot. That's a huge part of this as well for Orlando. So um, yeah, I mean, I understand that both of these teams are good at, at, at protecting the paint and both of these teams want to score in the paint. I do get that. Um, but I think they will have a, a bit of success doing that both of these teams. And I just think, you know, Minnesota's good for like 112 to 115 at home. I mean, I got to imagine that the, the Magic are going to score close to 110 as well, because I would agree with you that they're a, a live cover here for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a parlay. I mean, Magic plus eight and the over, um, you know, which is kind of counterintuitive. Sometimes you want the under if you want the dog. But I, I think, yeah, the last time they, they traveled to Minnesota when they had Franz, they won 127-120, very high scoring. And it wasn't even Fran like Franz and Paolo had, had a bad, both had bad games. It was the yeah. second unit coming on strong. And now they're full strength. Uh, Cole Anthony playing well, Markel Fultz, like, yeah, they're, they're going to be able to come at you in waves and, and the Wolves, that second unit, not nearly as, as daunting defensively. So I think we'll, we'll be able to make up some ground there if, if the starting lineup isn't able to get off to a, to a hot start necessarily. Uh, let me keep it over here. Um, Portland at Denver over 220 and a half. I pivoted off the Grizzlies over 224 because, I mean, Memphis is just literally might be throwing out the G League here. But the dubs are are going over. I mean, we'll talk about a player prop from that one if you do want to target it based on that injury report. But let's look at Denver. I mean, they've been on the road a lot lately. And, and we know when they're home, they score more. I mean, they've been trending under in general a lot lately as well. But they have hit 220 in eight of their previous 10 home games before they got the the stripped down 76ers and then they got to 220 with the Bucks, which was kind of a weird game with Doc Rivers debut and the pace wasn't there. The, like the Bucks were kind of playing with kick gloves, you know, weird stuff. But now we get Joker versus DeAndre and it's it's licking your chops, barbecue chicken time, right? He loves to teach this young kid some things. His last 10 against him, 32 and a half points per game on efficient splits. Last 10 in the regular season for Aiton, he has come back with 21 points per game, 61% shooting. He's got absolutely roasted in the playoffs, has been able to do nothing, but this is just a regular season game. And what we do know is he will not be comatose. He, he will have a pulse in this game because <laughs> he's playing the Joker and, and he's got respect for him. And what we do know is while the, the, the Nuggets defense is a little bit better at home, they also play faster and they score a lot more. Like we're counting on the Nuggets with his minus 12 spread to kind of carry us over the total for sure. I mean, with, with Jokic leading the way 
And it, it's because this this Portland defense, like, what do they do better than anything? Limit threes. Denver has the second lowest percentage of points off threes in the month of January. At home, they score the sixth highest percentage of their points in the paint. In general, Portland allows the third most paint points on the road. So it's a tailor-made matchup for for Denver to keep scoring. And you look at the the, the, the game log, I mean, they've averaged 236 when they've gotten together in the last four. Jeremy Grant narrative, et cetera. Like, he comes he comes with it, 21 points a game. Uh, it, it's just, I, I mean, I like what they've seen from this Blazers team in terms of just fight. We saw them spoil Dame's homecoming. Get that one to 235. I think they can they can keep pace enough to help us get over that total. Yeah. Joker, Joker's questionable still, I will say, because I was looking yeah. at his props as well. We, we need him to play. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to predict, like, joker trying or i mean trying yes i would i would predict joker trying in certain games where he just gets to he looks like you said he looks at, at deandre and across the way and he goes 40 pieces so live right now for me if i want it i could just go get it <laughs> like when he did it to go baird goes brother i have 41 right now uh he would be doing that to da i hope he plays because i i fully fully i'm on board with a, an over in this game if he plays i think 230 is a lot more live and if you look at when um these games go under it's when two you got two playoff teams, right? Like that. That's what I attribute to, to the uh, the Bucks and the Nuggets more than anything. Is like when you get two teams that are like that. Now the Embiid Nuggets versus the Nuggets was a little different. I think Embiid was like, "This is my time," and he's always going to try to score as many as he can to outdo Jokic. But at any rate, uh, I, I like the pick as long as Jokic plays. So definitely just keep a, a quick eye on that. And if he does play, there's a solid what like you know Jokic twenty five or thirty plus, and the win thirty plus would definitely get you some some plus money there. So uh, let me go ahead and take. Uh, our last f- best bet here with uh, the Pelicans taking a team total over. I still think that they're live for, for a lot of points are these Pellies and it's 120 and a half and they're playing the San Antonio Spurs who are not good at defense. I will um, not waste your time by telling you all of the categories that they are the bottom three in when it comes to defensive metrics, but you can go ahead and look it up. It won't take you very long to see that it's all, all of them. Um, the uh, Pellies have gone over in their last three of their last four versus uh, San Antonio with this number right here. Um, and both games this season, they put up 146 at San Antonio last uh, time where this game is being played in this one. And they have been playing a lot faster on the road. Um, they've been giving up a lot more points on the road, which only just leads to them needing to score more and not really taking their foot off of the gas. Uh, I mentioned this the other day when I incorrectly picked them to lose to the Houston Rockets. Um, and they came out and the Rockets have showed us that they are going to backslide. And we can go ahead and predict that now uh, that they are not going to be the team that they were at the beginning of the season. But more importantly for this one, uh, for the Pels, uh, the, the, the points would have been there if Houston could have hit the Bronx side of a barn, uh, but they were just completely off the whole game, even though they had a good number of, of uncontested shots. Um, for the Pels on offense, uh, the seventh best offensive rating over the last three weeks. They are six and three to the over as away favorites where they're dropping 124 points per game. And it, it just opens up a little bit more on the road for them. Zion is questionable. And I don't know if I'd rather have him play or not to, for me to hit this over, to be honest with you, because he and B.I. continue to be clunky together. Um, but when he's not on the floor, this Pelicans offense goes kind of ballistic, to be honest with you. It's gone over in the last three games that he hasn't played um, because they're putting up more than 120 and a half. So, it's just everything kind of frees up a little bit. I mean, even the Pelicans fans that I talk to who kind of reach out and whenever I talk about the Pelicans uh, are like, yeah, man, I don't know if this is ever going to work. And some of them are kind of pro BI camp, uh, to be honest with you. So we'll see how that turns out. But I think uh, just like I said, just go ahead and give me anything you want against the Spurs. You're going to get free throws. You're going to get threes above the break. You're going to get threes in the corner. You're going to get literally whatever you want. So feel good about them scoring 121. Then why the Spurs gone under in four straight home games, Josh? 
I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. I mean, the Pelicans are a yo-yo team, and you just got the win in Houston. It was low scoring. They got back to their defensive roots. I don't know if they want to play these like 140, 120 games that they were playing prior and mostly losing. Uh, it's not my favorite. I, I saw you had Kings Pacers under two forty eight and a half, and you moved off that. Is it because yeah. the Pacers back to back splits that have you worried that that suddenly no. they no. No, there's nothing that really worries me about that. I just started to like this a bit more. Um, it's a bit more fun, to be honest. And I, like like I said, like there's no metric that tells me that the Spurs are going to be able to limit this team. If you don't think the Pellies are going to care that much, wouldn't that just kind of lead you to an overmore because they're going to get scored on and then they've got to come back and score? That's kind of my yeah. take is I'm going to buy them being this faster paced, you know, more fluid on offense and not as good on defense, especially without Herb Jones, that they've been. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I mean, yeah, I, honestly, like if you want to make five picks today, like, 248 is astronomical for a total for that Pacers and Kings game, right? Let's let's put it this way. If you want to make money, you take that under. If you if you want to have fun, you hope the Pelicans light up the Spurs. I have fun win. making money, so I need it <laughs> to be both. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first play a prop here, Mr. Trey Young. Yeah, I wanted to take him two nights ago. We just didn't have props up in time, and he certainly got his prop against the Lakers. Uh, right now, it's 36.5 points and assists, maybe one higher than that if you want better odds. But he's he's about 40 on average in, in the terms of these stats. Like, I mean, three since his return, nearly 29 points per game, 12 assists per game. And the assists should be much higher if you look at the advanced stats, 20 potential assists per game. He has the highest assist-to-pass ratio in the league in those three games. So his adjusted assist per game is 15, and the total is 249 in this game. I'm not going to try to pick which Suns superstar is going off. Durant and Booker, I went back and forth like one of them is. I just I can't sit here and tell you I know which one. Uh, so, But we do know how the Atlanta offense is going to roll. It's going to roll through Trey Young. As we see, most, most passes, most potential assists, all that. Basically, the only time he's gone under this in a non-blowout scenario is like Orlando and Indy kept him under. I mean, that was kind of a blowout. Indy also re- weirdly keep holds point guards down, but like he's good for 40 if the game is even remotely close. In fact, he got 40 against Orlando on January 7th. Like no problem. He averages 40 against Western Conference this season, 30% usage. His last four against Phoenix, not necessarily super relevant, but I mean, 32.5 and 10.5 assists on 35% usage. He's faced the Suns twice at home, averaged 40 points per game with 60-60 splits. And if you want to look more at this this iteration of the Suns, they are allowing 28 assists per game, their last nine road games, a 119 defensive rating. And I think maybe more importantly, they score 123 on the road right now. They are red hot offensively the huge total so i just expect you know there's there'd be plenty of stats to go around like you're not hacking people sending them the line when you know how confident you are in your offense and just the, the type of game environment you get into in atlanta so uh feel good about an over here it makes sense uh phoenix giving up the third most points per game on the season two point guards makes sense uh and what that usually means is you're giving up points above the break which you are which they are and what that means is that you're going up against top three player above the break in the league. I don't know, Steph Curry I put above Trey Young. Other than that, in terms of playing from that particular area of the floor, there's maybe Dame Lillard. I should probably throw him out there as well. But that's the three that I think of. Um, and so if you're going to go up against a team that can't defend nearly as well up there as they can everywhere else, uh, then yeah. I mean, Booker doesn't seem to have been playing that point of the defense um, sort of spot, right? Like he's not at the top of the diamond, if you will, on their 
uh, sometimes zone even, to be honest, that they play. So there should be threes there if that's the case. And I do expect Trey to, uh, to be getting into the lane a good amount, right, and being able to get in there and, and wreak havoc. So if you had taken just the points last game, he actually went under. He had 26, but the 13 dimes, it's a good reason that you should be combining this stuff. The way you intelligently did that with Jordan Clarkson last night because he got 10 dimes and only 16 points. So well done there. Uh, let's move on to my first best bet, and I'm going two to God, J.K., Jonathan Kaminga. Look, man, you can put his points total under 20 points. I'm going to take over until you start doing it. Uh, so it's at 19 and a half, and I'm going to hit the over for my boy J.K. He's at 16 field goal attempts a game, man, over the last seven games, and everything is rising. Like, for the first time this season, the news coming out of Golden State was Draymond Green praises Jonathan Kaminga and says that he's carrying our team. And he still said it in this kind of condescending way of, like, well, we used to carry him, so now he's got to carry us. It was like, all right, Dre, whatever. But more importantly, like, that's what they're leaning on now. If you looked at the way that they played down the stretch against Philly, not impressive that they had to uh, really pull that one out against the Philadelphia 76ers team that didn't have their two best players. Um, but they did, so kudos. And they did on the strength of Jonathan Kaminga coming out in the fourth quarter and putting up six points and three boards in that quarter, putting up three free throws as well, uh, excuse me, two free throws in that quarter, but having, averaging four and a half for the game. And you know he's now he's going up against this Memphis team who is a lot different looking than when Steven Adams was there. By the way, newly acquired uh, Rocket right? Steven Adams, because they traded Victor Oladipo for him. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, so now w- without that, without, I mean, everybody's out. We've already known that Brandon Clark is out. Uh, Xavier Tillman's playing, but he hasn't been much of a rim protector. Uh, and Bismack Biombo is no longer on the team. Santiago Aldama is not very good down low at all. So that's why Memphis has been giving up so many attempts down low and so many uh, makes down low. The eighth most makes inside of five feet. Jonathan Kaminga is one of those dudes that's playing everywhere. Like he's either shooting from three or he's shooting right around the rim. Um, there's a couple of mid-ranges in there, but honestly, most of those mid-ranges are, aren't even mid-range. They're more like inside the restricted area, or I'm sorry, outside the restricted area, but in the paint, right? In that little floater range, if you will. So that's where he's scoring all his points. That's where Memphis is most vulnerable. Even Triple J has not had his sort of block numbers. He's now more of the uh, do-everything-on-offense guy alongside, I guess, like Vince Williams. That's really what it is now. Maybe some Gigi Jackson tonight is what we'll see for Memphis. I know that stuff scared you from taking them. But in uh, the total in this game, but I still believe in the, in the total going a bit over in this game of 223 because the dubs are so, so bad uh, at defending the three. That's all Memphis is shooting these days in general and the rim. They have been pretty bad at as well as they moved in Trace Jackson Davis for a lot more minutes. And that has led to a bit less rim protection, even than Kavon Looney, who's at least a bigger body than getting back down the way TJD is right now. So uh, for, for JK, though, like his splits are stupid, man. He's shooting uh, 61% from the field, uh, 41% from three right now as well. Um, and yeah, he's just he's doing it all. I, I don't really know why you wouldn't feel good about him. He's up to 32 minutes a game. And that's also rising from the like 26 a game that he was averaging just like eight games ago. And then now all of a sudden we just shoot up. 40 minutes the last game, 36. Like, he's up there now. He's their dude um, that's coming in and taking over. Uh, and I think he'll he's really just 1B at this point to Steph in terms of their looks on offense. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, like you said, it's a G League lineup from the Grizz. So it's not really a game where you expect Steph and, and Draymond and Clay, who's under the weather, right, to have a high usage rate. Uh, they can continue to, le- to lean on Kaminga. And Triple J, because he's carrying such a heavy load on offense, not really the, the defender he has been in past years. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at Josh Gibbe here for a first time in a while. Over 23 and a half points, rebounds, assists. You got to bundle them together for a guy like Gibbe. Although 11 and a half rebounds and assists is also very good to me. I mean, he's not a great scorer. In fact, he shot two for 11 in his first opportunity 
to play more minutes without J-Dub, who's out with that ankle. Isaiah Joe also out for the Thunder here. I mean, that's a Denver defense that, that is very disciplined and obviously very, very good championship level. Um, but he still made 39 passes in his 25 minutes, plenty of potential assists. Um, well, now he plays the Charlotte Hornets, which is, you know, mostly a team of basically the opposite of in terms of championship medal. A bunch of rookies, a bunch of guys with no experience, no LaMelo and Gordon Hayward likely. They're five since the Rozier trade. They're allowing the highest field goal percentage in the league, third most assists, six most rebounds, six most points. Gide, he, I mean, he just hasn't shot particularly well in his in his seven career, eight career without J-Dub. But, I mean, if you look at his overall game log, like when he plays bad defenses, he, he sometimes pretty easily clears this. I mean, he has triple doubles against Portland, Utah. He has big, big lines against Detroit, Spurs, Nets, and, and those are all in pretty short minutes. Like he's averaging, uh, what is it, 26 and a half PRA in just 25 minutes at home since the end of December. So, like... I mean, it hasn't happened yet in terms of him becoming a full-time player again for whatever reason. Uh, but I think I, I called this like a month ago or something like, like, oh, easy win for the Thunder. Like, let's just get Gide some confidence because he's just been he's been whack this season, um, you know, mind elsewhere, whatever. So I, when you when you're 16 point favorite against the Hornets, I don't have the balls to take an SGA under, but I'll take a Gide over and assume that he, he's a little more involved. Yeah, I mean, Godspeed. Uh, it makes sense because we were kind of talking about, all right, well, where does the uh, where does the pressure if come out? Like, if if all these shots for uh, J Dub are not going to be there, where do they go? And they go to Isaiah Joe because he's the shooting guard on this team. Um, when whenever J Dub isn't really in there, but Josh Giddey's limit listed as like a shooting guard on all these different you know against the position stat uh, sites and stuff like that. Is there anybody who personifies shooting guard less than Josh Giddy? It makes no sense. That is not his archetype. He is point small forward at at, at any, if anything, right? So, um, yeah, I'm 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 hesitant. I'm, I'm I'm be honest. I'm not tailing anything in that game. If anything, I think I might lean towards like a Brandon Miller prop because the volume will just be there once this game is a 28 point blowout in the third quarter. It's just going to be the Brandon Miller show, which is what it's been since Terry Rozier got traded. Like. It could not be more obvious that Terry Rozier getting traded was because, I mean, this team's going nowhere, but also, like, we need Brandon Miller to take those 21 shots that you're pulling every game right now, Terry, uh, and that's where they've gone. So I think the 19 and a half points is still viable for him because even he's the most protected against a blowout possibility, in my opinion, of, like, any player on the entire floor outside of maybe, like, a case on Wallace for the Thunder. That's kind of where I lean um, for, for this game is, like, who's going to be coming in at the middle to the end of the third quarter to soak up those those minutes even if this is like an eight point lead for the Thunder, I cannot imagine that Dagonal switches up his his rotations to make sure he has his guys in there to beat the Charlotte Hornets at home. So uh, I'm with all uh, with I'm with points being there from unexpected players. Giddy will see uh, he's he's always an anomaly to me. But let's go back to uh, a show favorite. I got to be honest, like this is sort of our DDR, is it not? Vince Williams. We we look for him all the time. Last year and the year before, we've always been a big Demar Derozan team uh, fan here on this show. And now I think we're in the Vince Williams camp. So let's go over 13 and a half points for Vince Will 
Uh, I don't know if that's his official nickname, but I will for sure be here to for calling him Vince Will. Um, he's shooting all threes and he's shooting all layups. That's really it. Um, and I love those type of players, the most efficient players in the league, as we know, if you, unless you're KD and have the mid-range of Michael Jordan. But uh, more importantly for uh, Vince Will, he's not a mid-range player. Um, and that is good in this scenario because going to the rim against the Dubs is a good idea. Um, in their last five, they're allowing a ton of free throws as well. They're allowing a ton of free throws the whole season, man. I look at their last five because Draymond's been back and that's really what we can expect moving forward now is like this Draymond TJD Dario Sarge is out. Um, not that he was much of a rim protector. He's a power forward anyway, but they're, they're thin down low as they've always been right. As we know. So Kevon Looney, not quite the same. We've seen that already, maybe playing 82 games a year on a dude who came into the league, not even knowing if he was going to stay in the league because he had such bad hips and back. And now he's playing, he was playing 82 games a year. And that seems to have taken its toll because he's for sure having the worst year of his career in the last three and his minutes have dwindled as a result. So Vince will go into the basket means the four free throw attempts he's taking a game. I, I think he, those are liable to go up a couple of ticks. We just saw him score 24 against this team. Uh, he's shooting five and a half threes a game and he's making three of them right now. So I don't expect that to remain, but I think he's going to be shooting a, a few more threes than the five and a half that he's averaged over the last seven games uh, or so. Uh, and like I said, Golden State's defense, third most threes on third most attempts. So you can either get threes against them or you can get free throws against them. And that's exactly what Vince Will should be doing in a game that like the only dudes that we know that are going to get minutes if they play and he's going to play. I don't know why Jaron Jackson Jr. would sit those three. Maybe Santi Aldama gets those those shots as well if he wants them. But there's there's really every like Vince, those three guys are basically the dudes with the green light is my point. So Vince will with the, the, the field goal attempts up to about 14 a game. And I think that will continue to rise as you see more dudes that you've never heard of. Step on the floor for Memphis tonight. Yeah, I love that. I love this that you went back to him after he didn't hit once. He was he's not our DDR because he he's, he missed once. Uh, but yeah, I, I love finding a way to go over here because the Dubs defense is just not good overall. But you do have Draymond, you know, hassling Triple J in this one. The Grizzlies are going to find a way to score here, and you think Vince will probably be a big part of that with how stripped down their their roster is. Yep, 100%. Yeah, and we'll see some uh, – Jemison. I don't know his first name, but there's a, a gentleman out there named Jemison last night. Not to be confused, confused with Jameson, but that is all the time we have for you guys. Continue to follow along if you would. We've got best bets up in a separate video for you guys, bringing you that each and every weekday this season. So until we see you next, happy betting. Happy betting.